Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the History of Middle-Earth podcast. My name is Phil, and I will be your host for today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Chase McKinney. Chase is actually a good friend of mine, and he has two podcasts of his own. If you like Star Trek, check out These Are the Voyages podcast for all things Star Trek. And he has a second podcast called the Reframed Podcast, where he talks about some pop culture topics, more from a psychology standpoint, because that is what he does for a living. To start us off today, we're going to be going over this week in Middle Earth history. Starting with today, Thursday the 28th, we have the Fellowship resting in Lothlorien. Jumping ahead a little bit to Sunday the 5th, February 14th, we have Gandalf being brought back to life and lies in a trance. Tuesday the 16th is when the Fellowship leaves Lothlorien, and on the 17th, Way Here bears Gandalf to Lorien. Don't forget that after each episode, we'll be going over any listener questions that are sent in. So if you have any questions about something you would like to be have answered or hear about, or if I just messed anything up, feel free to message us either through our email, minutestoeartharchives at gmail.com, through our Facebook page, or our website, minutestoeartharchives.com, and we'll answer it on a following episode. And just for a reminder, not to worry, there is no stupid question. Seriously, though, I don't care if you forgot the name of someone who is even in the fellowship, or anything else that you think might be embarrassing to ask, absolutely no shame will come from me. I'm not messing with you. It's just nice to meet another human who shares my affinity for elf culture. <laughs> Alright, now for the main topic today, we are going to be going over King Theoden and the rest of the royal family. Theoden was the 17th king of Rohan and ruled for a total of 39 years, starting from TA 2980. He was the last of the second line. Born in 2948 of the Third Age, Theoden was the only son of Thengel and the heir of the king Fengel of Rohan and Morwen of Lothurnach, a descendant of a former prince of the fief of Belfalas. His father left Rohan when he came to manhood to live in Gondor. Theoden had been born in Gondor and spent at least the first five years of his life there with his mother and father until his father was called back to Rohan after the death of Theoden's grandfather, Fengal. The speech of Gondor was used in his father's house in Rohan. As a result, Theoden probably spoke Westron and Rohiric as well as his native languages and he possibly spoke Sundaran as an acquired language. Theoden had four sisters in total. One of his sisters, Theodwen, and her husband both died, so Theoden adopted her children, Aomer and Eowyn, as his own. Theoden did have a son of his own, called Theodrid, whose mother Elfhild died in childbirth. Theoden became king after the death of his father in TA 2980, in TA 3014, Theoden's health began to fail. This was caused by the spells of Saruman. It also may have been induced or increased by a subtle poison administered by Grima, since he was secretly in the employ of Saruman. 
As the war approached, Theoden was increasingly misled by his chief advisor, Grima, and in the last years of the, before the War of the Ring, Theoden let his rule slip out of his hands completely, and Grima became increasingly powerful. Rohan was troubled again by orcs and dunlingdings, who operated under the will of Saruman, ruling from Isengard. His only son, Theodrid, had only recently been slain by Saruman's forces during the first battle of the Fords of Isen. Theoden ordered Aomer against hunting the orcs that crossed Rohan, but Aomer went against his orders. On Grima's orders, Aomer had been arrested and imprisoned for this. When Gandalf and Aragorn appeared before him on 2 March, the wizard healed the king. He then restored his nephew, who would become his heir, took up his sword, and led the riders of Rohan to the fords of Isen against Saruman. On their way, they received news that the border was lost, and he retreated into Helm's Deep, where they were attacked by Saruman's forces on the 3rd of March. Theoden won the Battle of the Hornburg, and after this he became known as Theoden Ednu, the Renewed, because he had thrown off the yoke of Saruman. After the battle, he visited Isengard, where he witnessed as Gandalf deposed Saruman from their order. On their way back to Rohan, they stopped by Helm's Deep again, where he noticed that the lonely hobbit of their company, company Mariadoc Brandybuck, felt out of place, and offered to ride with him for the rest of the journey. The hobbit was delighted as he felt useless among the riders, and offered Theoden his sword in service of Rohan. On 6 March, Theoden and the riders left the Hornburg for Harrowdale, taking a safe path to the Edoras, and soon after, Aragorn left the Rohirrim's company for Dunharrow. Near the outer hills of Rohan, Theoden dismissed Aomer's urge not to go to war, and with the remaining riders, he rode to the hold of Dunharrow, where his people took shelter. After reuniting with Eowyn and resting, a Gondorian named Haragon entered his tent, bringing the Red Arrow from Denethor II. Theoden responded to him that 6,000 riders would meet Minas Tirith in the week. Indeed, they set off the next morning, the dawnless day, and before leaving he ordered his squire, Mary, to stay behind at Edoras. On their way to Minas Tirith, Theoden's forces were alerted to a host of orcs upon the road from the city moving towards them. A leader of the Wozes, Gombergan, offered to lead the Rohirrim by a secret paths through the Druidon forest, so they could avoid the orcs altogether. Taking the forgotten road down Stonewain Valley, the riders of Rohan were able to come to Pelennor Fields undetected. To his dismay, they found Hirgon dead and understood that the Gondorians were unaware of their arrival, and his Tirith was being destroyed. Theoden was reinvigorated by a sudden great flash of light from the city. He ordered to charge as the darkness was fading. He led the Rohirrim to the aid of Gondor at the Battle of Pelennor Fields.
In that battle, he challenged Chieftain of the Hradrim, who led their cavalry and had a standard with a black serpent upon scarlet, and unhorsed him and hewed down his standard bearer. The Lord of the Nazgul then attacked him, and he was mortally wounded as his horse, Snowmane, fell upon him after being frightened by the ringwraith's fell beast. He was immediately avenged by Eowyn and the little hobbit, Meriadoc Brandybuck, both of whom had ridden to war in secret. He claimed to marry at his death on the field that he was satisfied, for he had felled the Black Serpent. The body of Theoden the Renowned remained at the hallows of Minas Tirith, while Snowmane was buried where they fell. His nephew, Aomer, succeeded him as king of Rohan. In July, he returned to Minas Tirith and brought Theoden's body back to Edoras. On 10 August, the funeral of Theoden took place. And Gleowine, a minstrel of the king's house of Rohan in the late Third Age, composed a poem for him and other kings of the line of Earl. But unfortunately, only the last stanza survived. Out of doubt, out of dark, to the day's rising, he rode singing in the sun, sword unsheathing. Hope he rekindled, and in hope he ended, over death, over dread, over doom lifted, out of loss, out of life, unto long glory. The sword that King Theoden carried was known as Herogrim. The blade was owned and wielded in battle by many kings before Theoden, and it was similar, similar in overall design compared to other swords of Rohan, being a single-handed sword and roughly three feet in length. The guard was made from bronze and created in the likeness of two horses' heads touching. The scabbard was made from wood and wrapped in red leather and featured an ornate bronze shape that complemented the ornateness of the sword. As for his armor, when Theoden was crowned king, the royal armorers would have made him a new suit of armor from the finest materials available, and devoting many weeks to fashioning something worthy of their king. The armor was made from bronze instead of steel, and it was extensively faced in a dark maroon, almost black, dyed leather, carved with Rohan motifs such as horses, suns, and swirl patterns that suggested the flowing movement of the Meraz at a full gallop. Theoden wore a cuirass with tassets and five-piece pauldrons. He additionally wore vambraces and greaves, as well as a long skirt of steel, leaf, or scale mail that belted around his waist. His helmet was a steel and bronze combination and featured a bronze nose guard and cheek plates. These were additionally decorated with copper and tiny details of dark enamel. The horse's head crest was made from solid bronze, and instead of a male aventail, it was formed of three lames of boiled leather that were riveted in. Theoden's shield was not only larger than normal, but oval in shape. This was most likely to make him stand out more on the battlefield and give his men a location to rally, and the larger shield obviously offered more protection for the king as well. The shield was covered in green leather and lavishly decorated in its outer side in bronze, resembling the shape of the sun. Around the boss was a hunting scene showing one of the king's ancestors and his court pursuing a wild boar. His shield was similar to the sword in that it was also passed down from king to king. Elfhild was the wife of King Theoden. Elfhild died in childbirth, leaving Theoden a widower and Theodrid motherless. At the time of the War of the Ring, Rohan had been without a queen for forty years. 
Theodrid was born in 2978 of the Third Age and was the only son and heir of King Theoden of Rohan, who died in battle at the Fords of Eisen during the War of the Ring. Because of his state as Prince of Rohan, Theoden also held the title of Second Marshal of the Rittermark. While Grima gained more influence on the king, he considered Theodrid and Aemor his chief opponents, and tried to bring the two cousins into discredit with Theoden, but their loyalty remained steadfast even in his apparent dotage. Grima therefore tried to play them against each other in the mind of Theoden, representing Aomer as ever eager to increase his authority at the expense of Theodrid. In the beginning of 3019, due to the threat of invasion by the forces of the wizard Saruman, Theodrid established himself at Helm's Deep to command the military strength of the Westfold. When actual war began, Theodrid added to the muster of Westfold by summoning the muster of Edoras. Meanwhile, Saruman planned to have the prince killed. He sent forces against Rohan on February 25th, TA 3019, with explicit orders to kill the second marshal at all costs. Theodrid was warned by a scout some of the mustering of troops at the gate of Isengard, and he reinforced the approaches. He passed over the Isen with the main strength of his cavalry to overthrow Saruman's apparent army before it was fully prepared. He scattered the vanguard, but then discovering discovered the main host prepared for assault and ordered a retreat while the rear guard under Grimbold had to turn and drive back their pursuers. Retreating, he appointed Grimbold in command of the western bank garrison in the midst of the river. Then a van came with unexpected speed and took control of the eastern end of the fords. The fiercest of Saruman's warriors and orc men abandoned the rest of the battle and directed their full might around the prince. As Grimbold came to his defense, Theodred was hewn down by a great orc man whom Grimbold then slew. Elfhelm arrived to support, and when they lifted the body, Theodred was still alive, but only long enough to speak his last words. The news of Theodred's death caused Urkenbrand of Westfold to assume command of the Westmark. With no descendants or siblings, this made his cousin Aomer heir to the throne of Rohan. Theodwin, born in 2963 of the Third Age, was the mother of Aomer and Eowyn. Theodwin was a noble woman of Rohan, the sister of Theoden, and the daughter of Thingol and Morwen Steelsheen. She was married to Eomund of Eastfold in TA 2989, and her son Eomer was born in 2991, and her daughter, daughter Eowyn in 2995. Eowyn was slain in year 3002, not long after Theodwin died of illness. Theoden raised her two children after her death, and Theodwin is Old English for Joy of the People. Eomer Adig of the House of Arl was the 18th king of Rohan and the first of the third line. Eomer was born in TA 2991. When he was 11 years old, his father was slain by orc raiders in the Emmemoil. His mother fell ill and died shortly thereafter. His uncle Theoden adopted him and his sister Eowyn as his own children, and they went to live in, at Meadowseld. Eomer grew strong and tall and became a valiant and skilled warrior and rider. Theoden made him third marshal of the Rittermark, and he was in command of the Eastmark like his father before him. 
He had his home in Aldberg in the fold and one of the oldest towns of Rohan. With his Eorred, he defended Rohan mainly against or the orcs of Mordor. But Rohan's enemies were not only at the borders, but also within. Grima Wurngtung dwelled at Isengard and had become a servant of Sauron, and it was in secret, weakening Theoden and his kingdom. Aramur fell into the king's disfavor, but Grima did not manage to destroy Aramur's loyalty to Theoden, nor his cousin, Prince Theodred, whom Aramur regarded as his brother. In the summer of 3018, Boromir, son of Denethor II, crossed Rohan on his way to Rivendell. Aramur learned from him about the dream of his Isildur's bane, and soon after September, evil men, orcs, and wargs in Saruman's service began to fight openly against the Rohirrim. Saruman claimed lordship over Rohan and blocked the gap of Rohan. The chief obstacles to an easy conquest of Rohan by Saruman were Theodrid and Aomer. So came the first great battle in the conflict, the First Battle of the Fords of Isen, on 25 February. On the 25th of February, 3019. After untiring assaults on Theodrid's position, the prince was finally killed, leaving Aomer as the only obstacle left. The day after the battle, Aomer gained knowledge of a troop of orcs entering Rohan from Emben Moyle to the east. Unbeknownst to Aomer, they were the same orcs that had also taken Merry and Pippin captive. Suspecting an alliance between Saruman and Sauron, he wanted to hunt them down. Under the strong influence of Grima, Theoden forbade Aomer to pursue the orcs because Edoras would have been unguarded, but Aomer neglected, neglected the order since he had already suspected Grima's treachery, so about midnight he set out from the Eastfold with his Aorid. At the end of the next day, they caught sight of the orcs at the border of Fangorn Forest. They surrounded them and remained watchful throughout the night. With several small attacks, they weakened the troops till another orc band from Isengard arrived. But the Rohirrim succeeded in defeating them and surrounded the first troop even closer. With the first light of the new day, the Rohirrim proceeded to attack. They killed all the orcs and Aemer himself slew their leader, Ugluck. The hobbits, meanwhile, were able to flee into Fangorn Forest. Fifteen men and twelve horses did not survive the assault. They were buried in a mound encircled with fifteen spears. On the way back to Edoras, the Rohirrim met Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, and Aomer demanded their names and business. Fighting almost broke out amongst them, but Aragorn prevented this. He then told Aomer his true name and showed him his sword, Anduril. Aomer now listened to their story and their journey and learned about the losses of Gandalf and Boromir. When Aragorn revealed that they had tracked a band of orcs all the way from Amemuil in hope of rescuing the hobbits, Aramur was astonished and gave Aragorn the name Wingfoot, recognizing the difficulty of crossing so much terrain in so little time. He revealed that his men had destroyed the band of orcs and that it was fruitless to go searching for his friends. He instead urged Aragorn to return with him to Edoras to help the people of Rohan in their need, but Aragorn refused and insisted that he be able to continue his search for the hobbits. What business? There's an elf, a man, and a dwarf having the ridder mark. Speak quickly. Give me your name, Horsemaster, and I shall give you mine. I would cut off your head. 
dwarf if it stood but a little higher from the ground. You would die before your stroke fell. I am Aragorn, son of Aragorn. This is Gimli, son of Gloin, and Legolas of the Woodland Realm. We are friends of Rohan, and of Theoden, your king. Theoden no longer recognizes friend from foe. Not even his own kin. Saruman has poisoned the mind of the king and claimed lordship over these lands. My company are those loyal to Rohan, and for that, we are banished. The White Wizard is cunning. He walks here and there, they say. There's an old man, hooded and cloaked. And everywhere his spies slip past our nets. We are no spies. We track a party of Urukai westward across the plain. They've taken two of our friends captive. The Uruks are destroyed. We slaughtered them during the night. But there were two hobbits. Did you see two hobbits with them? They would be small. Only children to your eyes. We left none alive. We piled the carcasses and burned them. May these horses bear you to better fortune than their former masters. Farewell. Look for your friends, but do not trust to hope. It has forsaken these lands. We ride north! Although he was counteracting the law of Rohan by letting Aragorn go free, Amr decided to trust him, and he even lent him his companions two horses, Hasofel and Erod, to help them with their search. But he asked them to prove his trust by bringing them back to Edoras when the search was over. Upon his return to Edoras, Amr threatened Grima, but Grima arrested him and accused him of breaking the law because he had pursued the orcs that had allowed strangers to roam freely without Theoden's permission. Eomer was released after Gandalf healed Theoden from the influence of Grima, and he was delighted to see his king recovering quickly from his weakness. They arrived at Helm's Deep on the night of March 3rd, and Eomer oversaw the preparations for the great battle. In the middle of the night, the siege began, and when the battering rams attacked the gates, Eomer and Aragorn led a sortie through the passage on the side of the Hornburg that drove the enemies, threatening the doors away. In the course of this, Gimli saved Eomer's life when he killed two orcs who had ambushed him. The battle continued throughout the night, and ever more attackers scaled the walls with large ladders. Aragorn and Eomer had to repeatedly move the defenders, who were getting weary, to repel the orcs. With the help of a device of Saruman's, the orcs caused an explosion under the wall that made a hole wide, a wide hole in it. From then on, the attackers could not be stopped, and the defenders were separated. Eomer and Gimli retreated to the glittering caves, whereas Aragorn and Legolas defended the Hornburg. The battle seemed lost, but then at dawn, Gandalf returned with Urkenbrand and 1,000 riders from the Westfold. 
Together, they drove the enemies out of the deep and into the forest of the horns that arrived during the night and from which no orcs returned. After the end of the battle, Aramur accompanied his king to Isengard. There they met Saruman, who tried to enthrall Theoden with his magic voice, but both Aramur and Theoden saw through him and his dark designs. Theoden said that Rohan would have no peace until Saruman and his works had perished. Gandalf then broke Saruman's staff and cast him from the Order of Wizards and the White Council. Three hunters and, Rohir and the Rohirrim continued their journey towards Helm's Deep, where they arrived on the 6th of March. Now Aragorn looked into the plantier and revealed himself to Sauron. Because of what he glimpsed into the plantier, he left the Rohirrim and took the paths of the dead with the Grey Company. Amor was afraid of never seeing him again, but Aragorn predicted that they would, quote, meet again, though all the hosts of Mordor should stand between them. When the Rohirrim arrived on the battleground of Pelennor Fields at dawn of 15th of March, Aomer led the first Aerid that should follow the king's banner in the center. The Rohirrim were strong and filled with wrath, and many enemies were slain. The Rohirrim spread out and they're at their will, and so Aomer was only brought to Theoden when the king was already mortally wounded. Before his death, Theoden hailed Aomer as king of the mark, and Aomer and those who stood by wept. When Aomer recognized Eowyn lying nearby, a cold fury rose in him, and without taking counsel or waiting for the approach of the men of the city, he led his men across the field, slaying all the enemies in their path. As they charged, he shouted out, quote, Death, ride, ride to ruin, and the world's ending. But soon fortune turned against Eomer as he and his men were encircled. Just in time came the aid of the horsemen of Gondor, among them Herluin of the Green Hills and Imrahil of Dol Amroth came. But ever more enemies came from Osgiliath, and when the black ships of the Corsairs came up the Anduin, the battle seemed lost. Aomer rallied the Rohirrim for a last fight against the Corsairs when he realized the standard of Aragorn unfurling on the first ship. The enemies fled when they saw that their own ships were filled with foes, and so Aomer met Aragorn in the midst of the battlefield, as Aragorn had predicted. The battle ended in victory, and Amor learned that Eowyn was not dead, but lay gravely ill in the Houses of Healing. He also learned that the contact with the Lord of Nazgul was not the only reason for her sickness, but also her despair had worsened it. Aragorn managed to heal Eowyn, and she awoke at her brother's call. Mary Doc Brandybuck was also healed, and Amor made him a Knight of the Rittermark in return for its aid for Eowyn and Theoden. The next day, Eomer put took part in the debate of the Captains of the West. There, Gandalf told that their hope would now lie in Frodo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee, who had gone to Mordor to destroy the Ring. Gandalf counseled that they should ride to the Black Gate in order to force Sauron to empty his land and take the Dark Lord's attention away from his search for the Ring, giving the Ringbearers their only chance. Aragorn agreed, and Aomer followed his friend in return for his aid in their time of need. On the 18th of March, the hosts of the West, Gandalf, the Three Hunters, and Aomer among them, set out towards the Black Gate. They fought there on the 25th of March and withstood the forces of the enemy until the ring was destroyed and Sauron and his servants perished. After the great victory, Aragorn set up his camp in the field of Clormelin in North Athelion and Aomer took part in the celebrations there. Together with the other captains of the West, he returned to Minas Tirith 
and attended the coronation of Aragorn on the 1st of May. A week later, he renewed the oath of Earl to Aragorn and both swore everlasting friendships between Rohan and Gondor. On the 8th of May, he and his sister set out to Rohan, for there was much to still organize and set in order. Eomer returned to Minas Tirith on the 18th of July and set out the next day, bringing Theoden's body back to Edoras. The 10th of August, the funeral of Theoden took place and Eomer announced the marriage of Eowyn to Faramir, the steward of Gondor and prince of Athelion. When the feast was over, Eomer and Eowyn gave Mary the name Holdwine, meaning loyal friend of the Mark and the ancient horn of the Mark, an heirloom of the House of Arl. But though Sauron had perished, the King of the West had many enemies to destroy before the White Tree could grow in peace. So Aramur often fulfilled the oath of Earl and went with King Elisar far into the east and south of Middle-earth. He was known as Aramur Adig, or the Blessed, because during his reign, Rohan recovered from the hurts of the war and became a rich and fruitful land once again. In TA 30.21, he wedded Princess Lothiriel, daughter of Prince Imrahil of Dol Amroth, whom he had met during his stay in Gondor, and she bore him a son, Elfwine the Fair. He kept his friendship with his knight Mary Brandybuck, and when he became master of Buckland in the fourth age eleven, the king sent great gifts to him, as did his sister from Athelion. In the fourth age sixty-three, Aomer, presumably feeling death coming near him, asked Master Holdwine to visit him one last time. Both Mary and Pippin came to Rohan and stayed with him until autumn of that year, when King Aomer died. King Aomer had reigned for a total of 65 years, longer than any other king of Rohan save Aldor the Old. His son Elfwine the Fair became king of Rohan then. He was tall, strong, and possessed of great passion, and also was considered a valiant and splendid warrior and a discerning and decent man. Aomer became a great, wise, skilled warrior and rider. Aomer's height was described of like height with Aragorn, which was presumably around 6'6", due to his grandmother, Morwen Stilsheen, who was of Norm- Numenorean descent. Aomer carried a standard Rohan lance when riding with his Aored. The sword he carried was called Guthwine and was around the same size as other Rohan swords. The sword had a fuller blade, and the guard and pommel were made, were made from solid bronze. Like all of Theoden's house, the guard was shaped like two horses, just different designs with each blade. The scabbard hung on a small suspension of thick leather straps and had a bronze locket in shape to match the sword. Since Aomer spent his time as a warrior that was continually on the front lines, he wore a full suit of armor. Over his leather tunic and woolen hose, he wore a male skirt, then a second long skirt of leaf mail belted at the waist. He also wore a male shirt that hung below the waist. Over that was a steel cuirass, heavily faced and engraved with red leather that was tightly strapped around the sides. Steel pauldrons and vambraces covered each arm, and over his leather boots he wore full greaves that went from his knees to his ankles. All of these pieces were also faced in matching red leather. Aomer's helm would have stood out on the battlefield. It was made from polished steel and bronze with long cheek plates and engraved in the, with the sun icon on the front of its conical shape. The front had a long horse-shaped nose guard made from bronze, while a horsehair mane flowed down the back from its crest. 
The helm also featured precious jewels and enameling that befitted his royal status. Eowyn was known as Lady of Rohan, Lady of Shieldarm, the White Lady of Rohan, and Lady of Athelion. She was a member of the House of Earl, and she was the daughter of Theoden's sister, Theodwin and Eomun. Following the end of the War of the Ring, she and Faramir were married and bore one son, Elberon. Eowyn was born in 2995 of the Third Age, and following the death of her parents in TH-3002, was adopted by Theoden. Eowyn grew to be tall and slender, with a grace and pride that came from her mother. Prior to the Battle of the Hornburg, Eowyn was left to care for Metaseld when Theoden and Eomer led the remaining Rohirrim to the west. King Theoden, in fact, named her ruler of Rohan in his and Eomer's absence when the door ward, Hama, recommended that one of the House of Earl should rule. At first, Theoden only thought of male members, and he and Eomer were the last males of the house, but Hama reminded them of Eowyn, who is, quote, is fearless and that all love her. Eowyn revealed her temperament when Aragorn was about to ride to the end of the mountains to attempt to take the paths of the dead. Unable to dissuade him, she offered to accompany him, declaring herself, quote, weary of skulking in the hills and wished to face peril in battle. The only thing she feared was a cage. However, Aragorn reminded her of her charge to govern the people until the king's return and left without her. learned long ago. Those without swords can still die upon them. I fear neither death nor pain. What do you fear, my lady? A cage. To stay behind bars until use and old age accept them. And all chance of valor has gone beyond recall or desire. Shield maiden of Rohan. I do not think that will be your fate. Later, when the fords of Rohan were mustered to go to Gondor, Eowyn disguised herself as a man, and under the alias Dernhelm, traveled with the riders of Rohan, carrying with her Mary, who was also ordered to remain behind. During the Battle of Pelnor Fields, she fought by King Theoden, and when he was mortally wounded during combat with the Witch King of Agmar, she and Mary scrambled to help him. Confronting the Witch King, who boasted that, quote, no living man may hinder me, she removed her helmet, exposing her long golden hair, and declaring, no living man am I. You look upon a woman. Or, as the movies put, You fool. No man can kill me. Die now. Ah! 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 
Lady Eowyn slew the Witch King after Mary stabbed him behind the knee. Mary's stab made the Witch King more vulnerable by breaking his protective spell of the black magic with his blessed sword, while Eowyn's slash actually resulted in the death. She was granted the title Lady of the Shield Arm after the battle in recognition of her triumph over the Witch King. Lady Eowyn was severely injured in this fight, and because of the poisonous effect of the Nazgul, she faced near certain death. However, she was treated in time by Aragorn during his brief rest in Minas Tirith. Since she didn't yet recover completely, she couldn't join Aragorn's army on their way to Mordor. However, while recuperating in the Houses of Healing, she met Faramir, with whom she fell in love. The city has fallen silent. There is no warmth left in the sun. It grows so cold. Just the damp of the first spring rain. I do not believe this darkness will endure. While at first Eowyn was hesitant, because she did not want to taint Faramir's Numenorean bloodline, she eventually was convinced and married Faramir. The happily wedded couple settled in Athelion, of which Faramir was made the ruling prince. Eowyn was known as the Lady of Athelion. They dwelt together in the hills of Emin Arnon in Athelion. She kept her friendship with Mary, and when he became Master Buckland in the Fourth Age Eleven, she sent him great gifts along with her brother. They had at least one son, called Elberon, and their grandson was Barahir, who wrote the tales of Aragorn and Arwen in the First Age. Eowyn means horse joy, or lover of horses in Old English, and was a combination of her parents' names, Eomund and Theodwin. Eowyn carried a full-sized sword that was roughly three feet in length, including the hilt. The sword had a beautiful bronze guard and pommel that were styled in honor of the Miras, and the hand grip featured a raised middle section of three bronze rings, presumably to improve the grip of the sword. The blade's wide fuller ran along three quarters of its length. The scabbard was suspended from a shoulder har harness suspension system so that the sword hung almost horizontally for a quicker draw. During the ride to Pelennor Fields, she also carried a standard lance of Rohan. The armor she wore to ride was that of regular design and make, most likely to add the effect of the disguise. She wore a full male hauberk over her woolen dress, then added a cuirass of boiled leather laced up the front with rawhide points. Attached to the cuirass by straps were leather tassets. The shield Eowyn used was also a standard shield of Rohan. The helmet was likely chosen a little more caref carefully since it needed something to hide the most amount of features since she was trying to go unnoticed. So it provided full cheek, nose, and eye protection with the male aventail that covered her hair and protected her neck. And a quote from Faramir to Eowyn. Then, Eowyn of Rohan, I say to you that you are beautiful. In the valleys of our hills there are flowers fair and bright, and the maidens fairer still. But neither flower nor lady have I seen till now in Gondor so lovely and so sorrowful. It may be that only a few days are left ere darkness falls upon our world, and when it comes I hope to face it steadily. But I would ease my heart if while the sun yet shines I could see you still, for you and I have both passed under the wings of the shadow, 
and the same hand drew us back. And there you have it, the history of Theoden and the royal family. Last bit of notes is don't forget to check out our website, MinasTirithArchives.com. We have a Facebook page and group, History of Middle Earth Podcast, on Facebook. On Instagram, we are at History of Middle Earth Pod. And we also have a History of Middle Earth Podcast Discord page where patrons can listen live to recordings and chat beforehand. And that's all for this week's episode. If you liked it, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know how we did. And again, for a quick reminder, our email is minutesteartharchives at gmail.com. So send in your questions if you have them and want them read. Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope to see you back next time. Until then, I'm your host, Phil, and you're listening to the History of Middle-Earth Podcast. Podcast.